Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, marks and smarks alike, we proudly welcome you to the internet's only wrestling podcast. That's right, we are the only one. We want to welcome you to Pin the Champ! Happy Mother's Day Eve. Welcome to another episode of Pin the Champ. I'm Jeremiah with my pals, Song. What's up? And I almost said Sawyer. <laughs> R.I.P. Yeah, hey, Sawyer. Remember that guy. Yeah. <laughs> And Kyle. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What up? What up, Buff Bagwell's mom? Yeah, Buff Bagwell's mom. <laughs> so <laughs> today is our uh, our review of WrestleMania 37 Sunday. Um, you could consider our way too late review or way too early review of Mania, depending on how you look at it. I like to think that it's just on time. Our reviews are never early or late. They arrive exactly when they're supposed to. Right in your your email inbox is what I'm trying to say. Uh, So uh, up to you, but yeah, if you haven't watched WrestleMania 37 already, definitely watch it uh, either before or after the episode. If you've seen it, see it again uh, if you want to. Um, Maybe you'll get more out of the episode. Maybe you won't. Maybe you'll like us more if you've never watched wrestling before. I don't know. Maybe you won't. So we also wanted to let you know that um, that I know last episode we were all up in arms because we were like, it's the end of the world. WWE Network's down. We don't know when you know we'll ever be able to see another episode of Old Raw. Well, by from then to now, they heard our cries. <laughs> they heard our cries, and they went ahead and posted our uh, the episodes of Raw that we need to continue doing what we've been doing. Which I think there was legitimate tears in our eyes because we were like, wait a minute, everything else current is like two to three hours long and <laughs> i like then uh, not to not to like shit too much on new product but right. i will say like the daunting idea of having to like i mean i watch i watch new wrestling but like i choose when i watch new wrestling if that makes sense like i will often miss weeks two or three weeks of storyline right um and catch up uh, but on the internet in 10 minutes on the, exactly ex- exactly <laughs> the the concept of having to sit through modern raw and then review it and not just be like every week just be like god this is too long god uh, like oh 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 just so much bullshit there's only four matches and it's like no 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 i am so fucking glad like i mean we would have done it i would have done it because like we're here for the pinheads. Like I'm yeah. here to make the content, but Jesus Christ, I'm happy that we didn't have to do that. And eventually, you know, we, we probably, and hopefully will have to do it, but maybe if, you know, hopefully the world yeah, works yeah, out yeah. right. Eventually, you know, eventually, eventually, <laughs> eventually we'll be able to quit our jobs and, and just do yeah. this. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, <laughs> we were a little nervous is what I'm saying. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but uh having said that um oh 
I did want to remind, uh, or I just wanted to go ahead and come on the air and, and uh, admit that I know during the last episode, I mentioned that it was uh, that Foley versus Undertaker was at a Royal Rumble. And I definitely do stand corrected because when I was editing the episode, I realized it was definitely King of the Ring 98. So just wanted to throw that out there before, you know, the one person that might listen to us. <laughs> it's like nah dude wrong you're wrong man you're wrong Dead man wrong. post that to facebook no, I'm just kidding. idiot why do you even have a podcast yeah you're not i expert. like to imagine i like to imagine uh sawyer actually runs a youtube channel where he reviews episodes of pin the champ and <laughs> and and he's like oh donkey of the day goes to jeremiah again <laughs> Because he fucking messed up again. There's gonna be Obviously. a graphic of me with a is a donkey. Yeah, it's horse yeah, just and donkey pinning, head. Yeah, pinning exactly. the tail on me or some shit. Oh yeah, he's like he's like that's the I'm the real champ who's doing the pinning. Yeah. Um, I'm kidding. I'm gonna see him later today. Oh man, that's great. Uh, uh, well, uh, all right. You know, every episode um, for the last few episodes, we've been doing toast, right? So today, since it's Mother's Day Eve, we thought it would only be appropriate if we held up a glass to the mothers that put up with our wrestling fandom as kids who allowed it to happen and still love us despite us being in our 30s and 40s and somehow still being wrestling fans. We want to toast to you guys. Uh, thank you, Mom. I love you. Happy Mother's Day. You may not know who your dad is, but you gotta <laughs> love and know who your mom is. Exactly. Adopted. Cheers. Cheers to moms. Cheers to moms. moms. <laughs> I love moms. Soccer moms, hockey moms, all kinds of moms. I know you do, song. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Today, dear mother, is Mother's Day. And we're getting you breakfast in bed. Cheers, guys. Cheers to our moms. Cheers. Happy Mother's Day, mom. Happy Mother's Day. Awesome. Diane, you're a saint. You're a great woman and a great mother, and I appreciate you very much. Aw. So oh, sweet. That's sweet. And special shout out to my mom and my wife, especially my wife for putting up with three crazy kids and me. Boom. Yeah, for real. Saran is a saint. I would yeah, not fucking real. do way that. To, way to go to way to go, Saran. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're all just like, yeah, man. Having to put up a song must be. We're gonna horrible. put our money together and buy you a fucking trophy. <laughs> She's a trophy wife in more than one reason. Exactly. Boom. Should we get off and talk about WrestleMania? Wait, that didn't sound right. Whoa. Yeah, let's get <laughs> off and talk about WrestleMania. Who wants to get off first? Yeah, I think Come it, on, pinheads, get off with us. I think we'll feel more relaxed talking about it if we get off first. Yeah, I think, you know, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, guys, like, you know, know guys, he's a little tense. Could you hand me a don't cigarette? You think, don't you just think it'd be better if we got off? And Pass me a Marlboro. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So, to, to, match today, one. <laughs> today, we kick off with. Um, we did kick off Mania Sunday with Pirate Ships and America the Beautiful, sung by Ashlyn Craft. Uh, I think the cool thing that you can say about this year's uh, Mania as far as America. Sorry, I just got off. <laughs> now he's ready to talk about it. <laughs> he, 
you really messed up a a, a, a great part for me, man. Because I was trying to say, I'm so how, sorry, how, dude. How, <laughs> I was, the bit was worth it, though. The bit I, was worth it. I think you would have been better if you waited till the end, because I was about to say how awesome it was for women to have sung America the Beautiful on both nights, both Mania nights, Saturday yeah. and Sunday, and then you could have been like, no, who was the first night? BB Rexler. BB, I don't. That sounds right. BB Rexler. And who was yeah. it? Who was it? This second name? Ashlyn Craft. And yeah, I thought it was cool I, that females got to have these are, I mean, Yes, awesome, awesome for the ladies. Shout out to the ladies. I don't think these are real musicians. <laughs> They're made up names. Like, I think these are made up people. I think <laughs> I think that the WWE is like is just like whatever. They don't care. Whatever. It used to be just like, get another pretty face. It used to be like Willie Nelson and Boys to Men, and now it's like yeah, those are artists that I've heard. Hell, even like even with like Motorhead, with like fucking yeah. Triple H and his level like love affair of Motorhead, like I don't know. Maybe you know what it is. You know what yeah. it is. I just realized what it is. What it is. I'm too old to know what like me music is. But honestly, you now you could be yeah, forgiven. Well, yeah, yeah, it does. Because well, I never both... really listened to popular music as like a when I was a young person. I always listened to like I was like into ska when it, like people were listening to like fucking Fall Out Boy and shit like that. But in terms of you know, at least I like kept current. Like I like I knew who the current celebs of the day are. I could like I know that JoJo Siwa is a person, but I don't know what they do. <laughs> I don't know why they're famous. <laughs> well, you and, know Bad Bunny now. That's yeah. the name you know. Honestly though, I wouldn't have known Bad Bunny. Right. Without wrestling, right? Without wrestling. So exactly. maybe maybe BB BB Rexler or Ashton Crafter will be on my radar from now on. But we heard you come around on Bad Bunny last week, and now you're That's you're going you're gonna I'm a bunny last episode, and now you're a Bad Bunny dude. And, you know, you be forgiven, because Ashlyn Kraft and BB Rexler straight up sound like NXT names, you know? Yeah, they do. They, they totally do. do. But anyway, yeah. So we get to the co-hosts next, Hogan and Titus O'Neil, for another very uncomfortable segment. This time, Hogan looks like he's super high. Did you see his eyes? He looked no, like he, he was, didn't he, notice. He looked like he uh, was like I, I don't. I, I mean, the whole thing was awkward, man. And they keep on pushing Titus. Did you did Hogan. you notice? Did you notice that Titus said, "Hogan, you can't be calling people scallywags on live TV." Did you I notice did, him yeah. say that? Yeah, he did say that. <laughs> you know, you know I want to replace scallywag with another word. Whoa. Did you guys I I feel like this is going to So you yeah, like you know you you know with like Paul White uh yeah. when they made fun of him on Legend Night. Mm -hmm. Um that's that was like the final that straw the for nail him. In the coffin that was the nail in the coffin. Mm -hmm. What do you think is going to be the nail in the coffin for Titus? When do you think is the bridge too far for him? Well, because I've got news for Titus. Scallywags is not the worst thing Hogan's called somebody right. on tape. Well, exactly. No, well, I don't think he wrote that. I think I think the I honestly I think that was the writers making fun of the whole situation. Oh yeah, it is definitely. And, I know. And so I know like that. Oh yeah, I know you know that. But like I I like I just wonder like 
Titus especially is one of those guys who has been a team player for fucking ever. Mm -hmm. And like, you can't just like, you like, you can't just beat your dog and then expect it to come back and lick your hand. Like eventually it's going to fucking bite you. Right. I don't know. I feel like Titus needs to bite back. He's too good to be treated like what he is. He's better than that. I don't think he's a great, I mean, he's an okay wrestler. But like he's better than that, certainly. Well, he seems like a genuine person. In yeah. every interview he's done, and he's done a lot of for like, the community also. Um, and I guess like WWE just like to put him out there as like their uh, ambassador, their face, and right. things like that. But I think forcing him to work with Hogan is like that would have been my final straw if I was him. But maybe he has too many zeros in his check. I don't know. Maybe you know what I think it might be. You know for, that, and that might be what it is. Yeah, and you know what else it might be for Titus. It it might be that Titus, being that genuine person, knows that WWE is still going to give him the biggest platform. Could be. Um, yeah. Yeah, it absolutely know. could be. But everybody's going to have their breaking point, man. And 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 you know, I don't know if Titus truly does want to help Hogan's cause of trying to be all right or not or if that's totally driven by wwe but it's definitely worth asking you know yeah um so anyway we get on to the very first match of the night okay we got randy orton versus the fiend uh let's go ahead and run through it um so bray's entrance is really cool as usual he turns back into regular Fiend uh, at this point instead of being burned Fiend. Bliss comes out, and this time she's got dark face paint. And I wasn't into the face paint, you guys. Wait, she didn't come out with the face paint, did she? Mm-hmm. I thought that was later in the match. No, she had. Oh, you just saw the like the dark around the eyes. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it threw me off. I'm. It's hard. I'm an Alexa Mark, so I'm. I like. Anything she uh, does is good. Any like like, I've I through a friend of a fr- she's a friend of one of my friends, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. so I've gotten to meet her a few times. And like, she's one of those celebrities that like you you know like they're like oh, I'll never meet your celebrities they'll just, like you're they'll just let you down. She is a fucking joy. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. She makes you feel like you are an important person to her. And, and like, even if you're probably not like, even if you're a dude, she's met like two or three times, which is like, oh, I really, really like your work. You're very nice. Like, you know, like, uh, she is a class A type of human. So I, that's awesome. Any anytime she is featured, I'm just like, fuck it, it's good. Like awesome. I, I, I realize that's not good. Um, yeah, uh, that that's not fair. But I don't give right. a fuck. So, well. <laughs> You know, and and I don't know that the face paint would have been her direction or not. Anyway, it was kind of a weird angle in the first place. So when when Bliss comes out, we get a look at this giant Jack in the Box, which is awesome, right? It's huge. She turns the handle, and we hear "Pop goes the weasel," and we know it's going to be a special entrance for the Fiend, right? Out comes the Fiend from the top of the box. Super sweet entrance. Um, Randy looks worried at this point. He's seeing Bray up on the top, the Fiend up on the top. He uh, walks around the top of the box and he plays up to the crowd before he flies off the top of the box onto Orton, which was also really cool. The Fiend then attacks Orton with his usual offense, including the neck snap thing that he does. 
Um, Orton does get some of his offense in outside of the ring. And then with his uh, draping DDT uh, and, and then by sidestepping Bray and smashing his head into the giant Jack in the box. Now, Finally, the Fiend counters the RKO with a mandible claw and goes for Sister Abigail. The fire goes up. I thought Kane was about to interfere at this point. Um, but then we see uh, Alexa Bliss, and she's cross-legged up on the big box. She's got this uh, same black goo that Orton was vomiting during this feud pouring down her face. This distracts the Fiend for just long enough for Orton hit one RKO for the victory. After this match, The Fiend uh, stares at Bliss before the lights go down to end the segment. Um, I remember that this match felt longer this time than the first time I watched it, though. Um, I don't like it. I don't like the direction that they're going for. I mean, the start of the match was pretty cool. Like you said, the entrance was nice. But then um, they had The Fiend no-sell a bunch of Orton's offense, so I thought for sure he was going to take that win and then Again, one RKO puts him down for three. I know they want to protect the RKO as a finisher, but one in a mania match against a guy that's supposedly indestructible just made no sense. And I really hate what they do with the Fiend. They start him up and then put him right back down. It's like mm -hmm. it just can't be consistent with the guy. Which yeah. is a shame. I think they they missed an opportunity for a new Undertaker here. Yeah. Well, you know? I think I think they, whether or not they want to admit it, they actually completely understand the feed. Yeah. They want him to be a Jack in the Box. Right. A thing they can put away, bring out, wow. and distract the children with, and then close the lid on and That's put away crazy. again. That's a very interesting way to look at that, man. It's, it's a really, and, and, that's a and, really and, and smart like, analogy, I think. You're, yeah. you're, you're nail on the head right there, Kyle. Nail on the like, head. I, like, I don't know if they realize how fucking... I mean, maybe... It, <coughs> it would be kind of cool if they fucking did know that. But, like, honestly, like... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to catch some heat on this. I think The Fiend is fine. I liked it a lot better the first time when it was Finn Balor. Um, and The Demon, uh, personally. Mm. I I I think that it's the they're trying to go. I uh, I don't know if they maybe had a storyline worked out for them or something, but I feel like who's the babyface in this match? Um. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like that the fiend is the babe is the baby in this match for right. sure. Yeah. Right. Which is which is why I just I'm like for me. Again, I think I think what Bray has done with the Fiend mm -hmm. is great. Can, give, given what they did to the Bray Wyatt Firefly character, the cult leader character, you know, like I mean, if if I could go back, I would before they make him the Fiend, I would introduce Alexa Bliss as Sister Abigail, right, and let that story build somewhere. And then if they wanted to reveal that she's not or whatever or mm -hmm. this, that, or the other, you can go down that road. I just – the Fiend doesn't do it for me. Mm -hmm. Like, he doesn't look like a – it's too gimmicky. It's mm -hmm. too – like, it's too horror. Mm -hmm. Like, and, 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 like – It was literally made by Tom Savini, right? The, the right. mask or something like that? Yeah, yeah. It, it was. And, and, like, it's not that that doesn't have a place in wrestling, but, mm -hmm. like – the Undertaker 
is scary, but not scary mask right. scary. Right. Kane is is scary mask scary, but the story not. was well built. It well, it's not though. It's not. It's just a plain face mask. You mm-hmm. know, like it's same with mankind. It was just leather straps over his regular face. Like it doesn't. There's a point where it goes from being scary to cheesy. Mm-hmm. And The Undertaker, Kane, and Mankind don't have that in between. It's just good from here to here. You know, when you're young, you're like, oh, that's a scary mask. That looks creepy. Then when you're older, you're like, oh, that looks like a cheap <laughs> Halloween mask. You get it spirit. Right. And then when you're like fucking 30 or 40, you're just like, I feel like I if they if they played the whole uh, Bray Wyatt versus the the Fiend versus Firefly Funhouse Fiend, if they played that whole universe of things correctly and throwing Bliss in there in in a right and well built way, it could be done right and in a way that the the mask that he's wearing makes sense. This whole thing doesn't make any sense on so many levels to me because just a not that many pay-per-views ago, Seth Rollins was hitting The Fiend with metal boxes and doing everything except for shooting him with a gun. And still, The Fiend couldn't be stopped. But one RKO stops him this time. And, you know, just not even having anything to do with the fact that it's The Fiend or Orton involved, this was a terrible start to the second night of Mania. I know that Kyle, you weren't a huge fan of uh, of, of the night one start. I Correct. of course thought it was super exciting. So having that juxtaposed against <laughs> this for me really was a letdown. You know what I mean? It was like, and and it all goes back to what you were saying, song, which is just a universal misbooking of a character through several years you, you you think at one point the wwe's learned its lesson with it and they're really going to go all the way with it this time and do something creative and let let it be but then yeah but it's, these it's, stop it's, starts it's what kyle said like they can the they want the to just bring them back they get eyeballs so right you know put them away they need eyeballs bring them back yeah that was an ingenious analogy man but um you know like bray white I think he's a good worker. He's a, you know, they had to repack him multiple times. He came in as Husky Ferris. That didn't work. Go back to NXT. I like the Wyatt family. That's one of my favorite factions in modern times, I guess. And then right. they totally shit all over that. So huh, let's repack him again. And he puts himself into every character they ask him to play. The I mean, theme kind of has like the same appeal as like Monster Truck. It's like as long as you can, you bring him out, he destroys shit then everybody's going to pop, right? But if he's not crushing shit, then, you know, and he's getting beaten up all the time, nobody's going to love it. Um, why do you think they want him to be a jack-in-the-box? Why is that? Why, what is that? What is it about, uh, I guess, Husky or, I guess, uh, uh, Rotundo Jr., I guess, is a, is a performer, no matter what character we're we're portraying him as that somebody so creative talented is still misbooked consistently 
I don't know. I don't, I I don't know. Mean, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, they, they, there's so many. I mean, they didn't know how to use Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas is an incredible worker. Oh, God, he was great. One of, one of the guys who can do an off-the-cuff promo. Mm-hmm. And I'm not a Bo Dallas fan. But, mm-hmm. like, objectively, the guy is a better worker and a better promo than a lot of the people who are out there now. Right. And they didn't know what to do with him. How could you not know what to do with him? I mean, mm-hmm. there's literally whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the the same with you know, it's the same with um, it's the same with his brother. It's the same with Bray. You know, it, they did. You know, the problem is they want him to be the next Undertaker without giving him time to build to become the next Undertaker. Right. They want somebody to just arrive and replace. Mm-hmm. And that's never going to happen. It's a, too big of shoes to fill or to ask anybody to fill. Look at how they right. booked the Undertaker originally. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was unstoppable. Book it, him like that. Book someone like that and you'll mm-hmm. make a character like that. Look at John Cena. Mm-hmm. You book him like Super Cena, and then they become Super Cena. Yep. <laughs> All right. So enough of us hounding WWE about the treatment of the Fiend. We know that that beginning match just, at least, you know, how did you guys feel, Pinheads? How did you guys feel about that as your opening match? How do you think it stacked up against the first match of, of Saturday? Um, we definitely want to hear your opinion on that. Uh, next up, we get the host of Mania. They are in the back with Eric Bischoff. Uh, Bailey interrupts them, and she says she's a big fan of Eric's podcast and invites him on her show. Bischoff says he's a book guy, and he doesn't really love TV too much. He said he's a fan of Bianca versus Banks, however, and he said he'd like to have both of them on his show. This uh, really pisses Bailey off, makes her jealous, so she runs down her accomplishments. On that note, Bischoff asked Hogan about the boat he was ta- uh, talking about earlier so they can back out of the Bailey conversation. Uh, this just leaves Titus O'Neil with Bailey. Uh, then he says he's got a Hall of Fame stuff to do. So, uh, yeah, guys, uh, Bailey again showing her presence on Mania Sunday uh, in the backstage segments as, in Kyle's opinion, the real host, right? Mm-hmm. I think they just put Bailey there to keep Titus away from Hogan. <laughs> She's the babysitter. She's, she's kind of like the middle. Uh, yeah, the babysitter for those two. <laughs> yeah, she looks like, I don't know, man, like Bailey looks like straight up librarian lately. I don't know. She's I don't know. She had like, I don't know how many glasses she's wearing. She had one on her head. She had one that she was wearing. She, how many fucking <laughs> glasses do you need? Yep. Next matchup, we get Natalia versus Tamina. Which, uh, what do we call them? Superfly Foundation, right? That's the Superfly Superfly Foundation Foundation. versus Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler for the women's tag title. We'll run through some of the highlights of this match. So Natalia and Baszler started off. Shortly afterwards, Baszler tags in Jax, who overpowers Natty. Jax asks for Tamina, and Tamina tags in. Um, At this point, they get into a headbutting and a forearm fight for a few minutes. Um, Now, I, I particularly love the back body drop of Jax by Superfly Foundation. Um, the knee from Baszler to Natty was also very ugly. I thought her bottom teeth were done for um, during that kick to the face. Dude. Yeah. Gross I, kick. 
Um, Tamina powering out of Baszler's choke and reversing it into a Samoan drop was also really cool. Um, Nia's double cross body onto Superfly Foundation was great. Uh, actually, props to all the women in this match. Uh, they really worked hard. I felt like there was a lot of character work going on as well. A lot of the trash talking was awesome. Um, there was a narrative of sorts through the match of Tamina trying to body slam Nia Jax. And when it happened, it wasn't a very pretty slam, but it still popped the crowd. Um, after that, Tamina missed the Superfly splash, this time on Nia. And Natty puts Jax in the sharpshooter, but Baszler comes in at the end and puts the clutch on Natty to knock her out of uh, out for the win. She uh, passes Natty right out. Um, what'd you guys? You feel like the right people went over here? No, I don't think the right people went over. If they gonna if they're gonna go through the trouble of having a tag team uh, turmoil match the night before mm-hmm. to set up this match, they should just go ahead and finish that script and have the uh, winner of that. Tyson Terminal win the title off of Jackson uh, Baszler. And I think it's time to take the strap off of Baszler and Jack. I mean, Baszler, she came in as a badass singles competitor. I think it's time to go back to that MMA badass. I think you're right. Character These are the correct. That is correct. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I think they, um, that's way overdue, actually. I feel like there was a yeah. missed opportunity to do Jax versus Baszler at Mania. I think that they could have yeah. broken up before Mania and dropped the bells to somebody. And that could have made one hell of, I mean, that would have been like a knockdown, drag out kind of brawl, you know, for the women. Um, and I think it's long overdue. I'm ready to see those, ta- uh, those tags, uh, tag belts on somebody else, you know? Yeah, I think the problem is they don't know who they want to put it on because well, they, they probably got two real women tag team, probably like the Riot Squad. <laughs> that's oh, the Iconic's not there anymore. That's right. Nope. <laughs> uh, that's one. what makes me so mad, dude. You have Natty and Tamina who are perfect as a team. I think so, too. I think so, too. Especially because they got their, their legacies, um, you know. Yeah. They're, they're brought up in the business. Um, and I guess having the loud the uh, live crowd there, I didn't realize how over Tamina was because they were like, her, her chant was the most uh, the most vocal that you can hear from the live crowd out of all four ladies. Everybody loves a good, you know, like comeback story or a good like somebody finally getting their moment in the sun, their fifteen minutes of fame. Yeah, um, she's never gotten her moment in the WWE, has she? Right. There's and a reason for that. Fans yeah. Fans gravitate towards this kind of thing, you know? Um, when they see a story to hook up onto, like, a Kofi Mania or a Yesel Mania or what about a Tamita Mania? So next up, we get a video package of Sami Zayn uh, versus Kevin Owens. And then they invite special guest commentator and new Hall of Famer out, JBL. Uh, it was cool to see JBL out to uh, commentate this match. First of all, I want to say that for everything WWE drops the ball on, I'm glad they gave Sami Zayn versus Kevin Owens a WrestleMania match. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Yes. Let's talk through some of the big moments of this match. I'm going to stumble through these. Zayn comes out first and he introduces Logan Paul. Uh, I want to note that the very first move of this match was a pop-up powerbomb by Kevin Owens. Uh, I mean, it just puts Sammy right through the mat. He rolls right out immediately. And I love the way Sammy looked like completely staggered by it immediately out of the gate. I thought it was really good. Um, so yeah, Zane, Zane rolls out of the ring. 
Owens tries to come out and powerbomb him again on the concrete, but Sammy holds the ropes to save himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Owens flips Sammy Zayn and just drops him on the ropes belly first, which was freaking awesome. You just, <laughs> it was like, oh, uh, you know that had to hurt. Yes, uh, absolutely, dude. <laughs> Kevin Owens then hits Sammy Zayn in the corner with a cannonball. Uh, this is all during the beginning of the match, too, and that was just the opening segment, you know? Um, things take a turn when Sami Zayn finally does, uh, performs a brain busters on Owens right onto the apron outside the ring. Um, at one point, again, a Mishinoku driver gets Zayn a two count on Owens. Um, shortly after that, they trade punches on the corner post up top while Zayn tries to superplex Owens. But Zayn falls, um, and Owens hits a splash on Sami for yet another two count. Now, Owens hits Sammy with a package neck breaker. Later, uh, Tide's turn again when Sammy Zayn hits an exploder on Owens in the corner. Zayn tries to hit the Haluva kick, but Owens dodges this. Then a series of exploders um, and some other action that eventually culminated in a brawl between Sammy Zayn and uh, Kevin Owens. Um, eventually, Owens hits a fisherman suplex on Zayn from the top rope. Um, that does not stop Zayn from hitting one Haluva kick, but then missing yet another one. Uh, Owen sidesteps. I think he hits a super kick, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, then a kick to the gut and a stunner later, and Owens gets the pin. Um, match of the night, you said? Fire. That match was fire. It was absolutely the match of the night. Yeah, definitely a great match. And glad it got like right dead center of mania. Um, after and they the gave match, it the time, too. They gave yeah. it a good amount of time to work, which was um, pretty... Um, yeah, so I think that match went on for about um, nine minutes and 20 seconds, which is they gave a good amount. I, I did enjoy like all the power moves they were throwing at each other, you know, yeah. like you were the Mitch Noku driver, multiple exploders. And mm-hmm. The uh, fisherman off the top rope was, uh, was uh, one of my favorite uh, spots in the match. That was really crazy. I'm surprised they didn't really hurt each other. Mm-hmm. With all those. I, I couldn't help but think to myself that there's probably at some point that the same exact match has happened in like a gym somewhere. This is they're like, let's do the one from like Ring of Honor. Right. These guys in, wrestled each other like a hundred times. I mean, right. Over and over again. They probably just like, oh yeah, remember when we did this spot yeah. there? Let's do it <laughs> yeah. here on yeah. the bigger stage. Yeah. And that's why the match was so great. It's because they have so much chemistry with each other. It was definitely an awesome match. Well, their, uh, I mean, their, their road to WWE parallels each other, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their whole NXT story was cool, too. Yeah. When they came in. Um, so, uh, after the match, Logan comes in, uh, and he tries to shake Owen's hand. You can tell that Sami Zayn is all pissed off because, you know, Sami brought him to the date. Uh <laughs> And uh, but you could tell that uh, that Logan is is loving the fact that Owens won. Uh, Sammy starts poking around at the YouTuber. Uh, Logan raises Kevin Owens' hand, but uh, what do you know? He kicks uh, Logan right in the gut, hits him with the stunner as well to uh, pop the crowd. Um, Logan took the stunner pretty nicely, I thought, at least. I'm just glad he wasn't involved in the decision of the match. I mean, I don't know what that guy is, but um, I, I, he, he, he comes off as a douchebag. 
Yeah. Did you, uh, I knew nothing about the guy at all, but then, um, a friend of mine actually pointed out that this dude is now, there was like some kind of press press conference that he had with like Floyd Mayweather because for what I understand, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For what I understand, uh, Logan Paul's maybe brother, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on this. You guys, I don't know. It's better. But I think his brother is actually fighting Floyd Mayweather or something like that. I don't know. Jake Paul. Yeah. Jake Paul. Yeah. There you go. So, okay. So, yeah. That's all I know of the guy. He actually, no, but listen, dude, he grabbed the hat off of, um, off of Floyd's head. Oh. Yeah. But, yeah. It was pretty funny. I got to go watch clips now. It was. Did Floyd kick his ass? Uh, I think Floyd's uh, entourage kind of tried to jump all over him or something like that. I don't know. I don't know much about it. I just, that's I guess what I boxing has gone down the drain. That way they have to bring <laughs> YouTube people to fight Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. It was cool to see Kevin Owens uh, go out to the crowd. I guess he was probably kissing his wife or his mom or something. I hope uh, that was his wife. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe we shouldn't be calling it out. It's like, oh, that's his mistress. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Yeah, no, no. I don't want Kevin Owens to come on the podcast and kick our ass for saying that. You know, he's a huge family guy. Yeah, I know. But uh, so, uh, yeah, he actually said hello to somebody else, too. I wonder who that was. But, yeah, he did have a, he must have some friends and family some friends in the front row. That's got to be cool. Um, so after that, we go backstage to uh, Matt Riddle or just Riddle segment. Um, he's with the great Kali, brand new, another brand new um, Hall of Fame inductee. Um, and he pitches a giant store to Kali. It's really cheesy. He's talking about, you know, giant this, giant that, giant whatever. Um, what was cool is eventually Rob Van Dan come, uh, came out for a second here and he plugs his RVD rolling papers, uh, which is something that I'm kind of a little surprised that happened on. So uh, maybe where can you get those? I don't know. Okay. Somebody hop on the web. <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure there's many head shops online that you could get yeah, those at. Get those at. Yeah. Um, so uh, next matchup is uh uh, Sheamus versus Riddle. I guess that's why we did the backstage segment, of course. And this is for the U.S. Championship. The highlights here: uh, this match saw Sheamus dominate early, while Riddle tried to find ways to get the upper hand. Um, every time, uh, though, it seems Sheamus had an answer for Riddle's offense. After a while, though, Riddle does hit an overhead belly to belly from the top rope that looked really amazing. That was really uh, cool. Yeah, that it was, was awesome. Really- cool moment of the match he then gets some offense against Sheamus kicks brotons and all that kind of stuff uh Riddle cannot get Sheamus up for the suplex for the first time uh but the second time he hits it for a two count oh wow I gotta stop right here I don't want to break things up but just a little shout out since it was a Mother's Day episode literally I can't answer the phone right now but my my mom's calling hi mom I can't I'm not gonna pick it up (laughs) I'm not putting her on the air anyway but yeah so um where was that riddle yeah riddle uh you guys see it where the first time he tried to bring him up on that suplex yeah couldn't get him up mm-hmm. man dude seamus is a big boy yeah uh, yeah riddle uses Sheamus kick is huge Sheamus yeah. is big 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 yeah 
Riddle, uh, he uses kicks to continue his offense, and at one point, Riddle flips over the ropes right into a big knee by Sheamus. That was another really cool moment of the match when, honestly, I thought it was over at that point when Riddle flipped over the ropes and yeah, I thought that was I thought that was the bro kick that they replayed, and well, I thought it was his knee. What's funny is even Adam Cole said bro kick, yeah. yeah. So he thought so too, but then on the replay, they realized it was a knee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Seamus dominates until Riddle pushes Seamus into the post from the apron and suplexes him onto the apron. Ooh, yeah, that looked painful. Uh, yep. Riddle hits some pretty fancy moves from the top rope and the corner post before trying to submit Seamus. Uh, doesn't work though. Uh, then a little later, Seamus tries to hit white noise from the turnbuckle, but Riddle tries to flip it into a sunset powerbomb. Later, another failed white noise from the post angers Sheamus into a vicious white noise in the ring, followed by a knee to the chest from the top rope onto Riddle. A little bit later, Sheamus hits the brogue kick finally as Riddle is flipping midair to win his third U.S. title. The ending to this match was badass. I actually enjoyed the match. Um, yeah. Uh, one question to you guys. The, uh, the spot where white noise was supposed to be hit off the top turnbuckle, you think that was a box? Yeah, it was a definite botch because yeah, he's on the absolutely. top and he, and he hops down with yeah. it. Just, you can see his knee shaking and everything. Yeah, so that's pretty clever. They recovered pretty cleverly by like having him go back up and hit him with a vicious knee off the top rope. Yeah, that knee was cool. Yeah, it looked like I mean, I like I'm, I'm coming around on Matt Riddle. I I didn't like him much when he first appeared mm. in uh, NXT, and I just was so annoyed with the character. Mm-hmm. You know, like, bro, 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 bro. Mm-hmm. It's bro, a little like, much. Shut up. And then you name all your moves with bro. Mm-hmm. But he's really coming around on he, me. I mean, I'm coming I around on him. I don't even mind the cheesy names for the moves because a lot of WWE wrestlers do that or, or that yeah. seems to happen a lot. But the constant bro stuff, just let him be himself, you know. In general, let everybody be themselves. And they're going to turn it up for the camera. And they're going to be the wrestling persona. They don't need to make everything bro-related, and I agree with you there, but I'm glad you're coming around on him. He's a good talent. Um, you know, some of his personal stuff, you know, hopefully he'll get, yeah. you know. It worked out. It worked out, but um, but as far as talent goes, this match was awesome, dude. It was another one of my favorites of the night. I felt like it was really? super hard-hitting. It was I a loved fun it. match. It was um, a fun match. I- I don't know if um, Seamus actually kicked the shit out of his face and he was bleeding legit or if he bit his lips for added effect, but um, Riddle was bleeding his ass off after he took that kick to that broke kick to the face. Uh, Dude. It was pretty cool. Um, all right. Moving right along. Next match. Hey, we're getting through this fast, actually, guys. I think we're doing think so. good. Yeah. You want us to talk more? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next is the Intercontinental title match, uh, the workhorse title, Big E versus Apollo Crews in a Nigerian drum circle match. Right out the gate, I want to mention here that I was very disappointed because I thought this match might be like a cinematic, cinematic type match 
um, with like a giant drum circle full of big dudes that would interfere in, on behalf of Cruz or something like that. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I was thinking it's gonna be like something when like from Black Panther. Like, yeah, people something crazy. Banging drum brother fighting. Yeah, and I didn't get that, so I was like, man, this sucks. <laughs> yeah, to me, it came across like a SmackDown uh, holiday episode where it's right. like they have the Christmas uh, presents out and people are getting smacked with it. Um, you know, pumpkins on Thanksgiving, all mm-hmm. that. It, it just right out the gate when I saw that, I was kind of like, oh, they could have done so much more uh, with this. But it, um, it t- so it turned out to be a match with drums and kendo sticks laying around. Yeah, let's go over the details here. Once this is uh, the match starts, both guys go straight for kendo sticks and they begin teeing off on each other, which was kind of a cool start to the match, right? Um. Early in the match, Biggie spears Apollo off of the apron straight onto the concrete. Right. He went through the yeah. second rope, right? Between the second and the first yeah. rope. Yeah, which is, which is something that Biggie does from time to time. But, yeah. dude, did you see the way that he went through there and landed straight on the concrete with uh, yeah. Apollo? Crazy. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. The shoulder hit him right in the gut, too. That was a clean hit. Oh. Yeah. Later on, Cruz hit a Death Valley driver of sorts on Biggie on the apron to gain the advantage. Apollo gets ring stairs and attempts to slam them down onto Big E while he's laying on the other side of the steps. Um, luckily, E moves in time, but then Big E then hits a Uranagi suplex on Cruz right on those same steps. Big E then sets up a table in the ring, grabs Cruz from the outside, and then Apollo's kicks it, Apollo kicks him in the head and grabs another kendo stick to wail on Big E. Uh, Cruz puts Biggie on the table and goes for a splash, but misses and goes right through the table. Biggie hits the big ending for the guaranteed win, but instead out comes the re-debuting Daba Kato to interfere by hitting Biggie with a Nigerian nail. He puts Cruz on top of Biggie and Cruz becomes champion. Um, well, I just want to correct you real quick. Oh. After the Nigerian nail, he also did a choke slam before oh, yeah. he dragged Cruz on. To, oh, uh, yep, I must have missed that totally. Yeah, but um, I don't know. I didn't. I felt like I should have enjoyed this match, but I did not. I yeah. don't know what something was missing. Um, I mean, the action was there and it was hard hitting, but there's just I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Maybe because I really wanted that drum circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is for me. Is I kind of was excited about this match. I just had this. It's going to be something totally we haven't seen. It's going to be cinematic. It's going to take advantage of, you know, some kind of effects or something like that. Right. I, I kind of, I don't know. I feel like the match was racist. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like because Apollo Crews isn't Nigerian. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, maybe he is like, you know, in, in, in terms of, but like, like not his character is not like, it's kind of like, I wouldn't, I don't know. I, I have not done enough research to say he's not Nigerian. So let me, let me take that. Let me walk right. that one back. Right. But they say, it just, it just yeah. Go, go ahead. No, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't know if enough about myself to say anything definitively, but um, I believe that that's what they're trying to insinuate is that, that, uh, that that's indeed what it is, is he's taken back to his Nigerian roots but yeah, it's, it's an angle that is definitely controversial when it first happened and he went from speaking, uh, <laughs> I guess, English to, to, to the new accent. Um, 
Feels people. very Saba Simba. Yeah. Oh, very. That's exactly what I thought about. Yeah. You got a point there. Yeah. The and match, so the match in and of the itself match was fine. Fine. Match was fine. But it was. But again, it, it was. If you're gonna have something like that, it could have been something way more. Um, you have two incredible. Like I feel like right. yeah, like that's exactly it. It's like. I, I think you hit the the Nigerian nail on the head. Um, the you have like Biggie and again Apollo Cruz may not be you know the most charismatic dude in the world, but he is an insane physical Talent. athlete. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I don't know, like they should be able to put on like an incredible fucking mm-hmm. match that like either way so like i guess they're just kind of like eh, who cares who cares right i mean i'm all on board with uh because of what you said about cruz with him having a supporting uh cast uh, like a Kato. i forget what his name is now do you guys commander aziz commander, commander aziz, aziz, right. something like that um, um or you know i think before that he had two guys behind him in military garb they're kind of figuring out his yeah. his thing as they go um like, so we know he's african and we know that africans are you know, like you know mm-hmm. uh, rebel fighters and i'm just like I, I, I guess that's a valid point uh they could have him typing emails in a basement trying to scam us <laughs> that that would be really fucked. <laughs> well, hello, so, my friend. How yeah, are you today? Yeah. <laughs> that could be yeah. how he starts all of his feuds. He calls oh, the wrestler on their yeah. phone and tries to scam money out of him. <laughs> oh my god! Oh shit! Uh, I also want to know: Can we order a kendo stick from Amazon and have that as a punishment on the show? This uh, this match made me just want to be like. Can you order a Kendo stick on um, Amazon? Amazon? You can buy anything on Amazon, man. Can, anything. How, much, how much does a Kendo stick cost on Amazon? I have no idea. Dude. I don't know. I have Amazon up, though. I'll, let me take a look. <laughs> I think it's important. It is important. I was looking at getting some Crocs. Yeah, this is what the, the podcast has turned into, so if that's what I, you're uh, wondering. I think window <laughs> sticks would make a better uh, foreign object than Crocs, but uh, yeah, um, twenty bucks, twenty-two bucks, twenty-two bucks for a kendo stick. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yep, I think we're looking at the same one. Yeah, I think we, I think we got to get one of those. <laughs> well, I'll need two. <laughs> yeah, we'll need three actually. Well, oh, here no. we go. Twenty nine dollars a set of bamboo. We'll invite Sawyer two. back on. We'll invite Sawyer back on for us. <laughs> here, here. I'm gonna send you. I'm gonna send you this link. It's it's two for thirty dollars. Oh, that's amazing! So they have like a group price for. <laughs> they, have a, they have a family pack of Kindle stuff. Well, you know the WWE is their biggest client. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, oh my god! I just gotta pull this up real quick. Okay. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I think we got to We'll talk about this more, but we're ordering one of those, several of those for the show. Um, so was it the right move, though? I know that you guys didn't love the gimmick. You don't love the gimmick. You didn't love the match. You thought the match was fine. Was it the right move to put that belt on Cruz, though? 
I don't know where they're going to go with it, honestly. Yeah, um, like, I mean, maybe. It depends. Like, I doubt it. I, maybe Cruz get a faction it. full of Nigerians or something, and then he, like, you know. Is that going to be better, though? Is that... I don't know. I mean, it's I mean, hard to tell. <laughs> I don't know where they're planning to go with it. I'm, Big E, I think he's, I think he's going to be the guy that takes the belt off Roman. So he's 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 losing this title today to move on to bigger and better things. That's what I'm saying for Big E. I don't know what I mean. Summer the Saturday? Intercontinental title have really lost its luster the last decade or so. Yeah, I think. And then them changing the title to this ugly one yeah. doesn't do it any favor I'm either. Coming around on the title yeah, a little know. bit. I, I mean, don't love they, it as much as the classic, but that white strap. Um, Intercontinental title is always going to be the like the. Uh, measuring stick for me um i mean they changed out the um u.s title and made it better yeah i like sure. the new u.s title a lot it looks like an important title now mm-hmm. yeah so i also heard a lot about this match being super meme worthy um is what i was hearing about it it's kind of cool uh just well we could probably it. make up some memes and sell it for nft you know? <laughs> Dude, that'd be NFTs. really cool yeah. Now, what the hell is an NFT? There's no such thing as 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 any kind of monetary value oh, shit, that's not that's here. that's not backed by gold. It's if it's not backed by gold, then it's not or silver. You know, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. When I was in the seals, we we didn't have NFTs. We had AKs and <laughs> and WMDs. <laughs> But don't you understand, Jesse, that now we can sell a moment, like if you're jumping out of one of your uh, aircrafts uh, as an NFT and make you millions of dollars. So you're saying to me I can take the scene from my critically acclaimed movie Predator and, and, and sell it as a meme, and then I can make money off this meme. I'm exactly, exactly what we're telling you. As as the former mayor of Minnesota and the former governor of uh, the state of Milwaukee, I think I think I was the governor. We don't know. Minnesota's the state. Milwaukee's the city. I oh, know these boy. things. Look, the Agent Orange they used on us in Vietnam has been getting into my brain. Or maybe it's the aliens that they refuse to show us. Thanks for stopping by, Jesse. We really appreciate that. Appreciate your input. Anytime, you pinheads. <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, next, we get Asuka versus Rhea Ripley for the Raw Women's title. Um, I, I really like Asuka, and I think that they don't I, – I, God, I don't want to be like – I don't want so, – like somebody's going to be like, oh, God, all Kyle says in this episode is, is like, oh, this is racist. Oh, this is racist. But like – they uh, again, they don't know how to handle Oscar, and I think it's because they're not ready she, for Oscar. They're well, they, they they're not they're not cool with somebody who doesn't speak like super duper good sounding English because think, they keep trying to make her speak English and it makes her sound stupid. Yeah, you know, like, it's dumb. Let her speak her fucking however she wants. Who gives a shit. Can they just give her a translator if they want her to speak her language? Put subtitles under her. It's not fucking hard. They have a or what about that? Uh, remember uh, Kai and Kai? They used to like have voice dub over them as they speak. 
Captain. Yeah, and I said that wrong. She doesn't sound stupid when she speaks to me. What I'm saying is it's it's dumb to make her try to speak her second language uh, all the time if she feels more comfortable, especially like with what you're saying, right? She can have a mouthpiece. You can, I've always wondered why not take advantage of, uh, of, of subtitles, you know? Um, I agree. <laughs> well, it's probably because like on TV, we can use the subtitle, but live fans don't right. really get subtitles. Well, and I guess that Talk goes to back to, fans. you're absolutely right about that. It'd be better for her to have somebody as her mouthpiece. Yeah. All right. So Poppy comes out live for the intro of Rhea Ripley. Uh, it was terrible. I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm not in the middle in the first place a lot. Uh, but you know, it was to me, to me, Rhea looked almost embarrassed (laughs) about it. I don't know. Maybe (laughs) I'm wrong, but I didn't like it early in the match though. Ripley had Oscar down and was slapping her in the back of the head. Um, which doesn't really seem like a smart idea against somebody like Oscar. Ripley's pace was methodical, and that's kind of what the announced team sold to us as well. Oscar gets some offense really for the first time with a beautiful, a beautiful missile drop kick. Uh, then she starts hitting Ripley with arms and legs repeatedly and gets a two count out of it. Later, Ripley hits an impressive drop kick to Oscar while she's on the top rope. This takes things outside the ring where Ripley hits almost an Alabama slam into the apron. Um, then Oscar hits a DDT that looks like it would put somebody out for real onto Ripley from the apron to the outside floor mat. That was probably one of the most de- uh, devastating moves, in my opinion, of this match was, was that DDT by Oscar outside Absolutely. the ring. Um, Asuka eventually rolls Ripley back in the ring and peppers Ripley's face with kicks before Rhea Ripley counters into a standing submission. Asuka counters this into an armbar before Ripley stands her up and tosses her into the bottom turnbuckle. A little bit later, Ripley catches Asuka coming off the ropes and turns it into a riptide out of nowhere for the three count. Um, The end of this match seemed a little underwhelming to me. How about you guys? It was abrupt, right? It almost came out of nowhere, yeah. I think. Yeah, I was like just like, wait. Yeah, I, I don't know if they like had to cut it short for some reason. I mean, it did get 13 minutes, so. Yeah. But it just felt like it was the Not story the right wasn't ending. complete. Right, right. Yeah. It just but didn't feel like it escalated into a, the right ending. Into the, Yeah, it didn't, there was – the match itself didn't feel like it had its, you know, crescendo. Mm-hmm. It never got there, and then all of a sudden – that was it. Um, I mean, both ladies, um, they did, they did good work. Um, I, I just can't tell if Ripley's working heel or face. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what she is. Well, that was yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. No, I was I oh. I was the agreeing with Song. I was just yeah. like, no, I right there with you, Song. Yeah, I agree with that too because to me, somebody who's popping Oscar on the back of the head. Uh, you're you're being the heel and and also it doesn't make any sense because Rhea Ripley faced Charlotte last year's mania right and Mm -hmm. lost to her why would she be in this year's mania playing around when she you know as a character would be really serious about making sure this wasn't her second mania loss I don't know that's that's what it was for me Mm -hmm. um they were talking about also that um, 
Kafka Mania record's not that great either. That's true. Yeah. Um, for the this, this is a match that sounds really good on paper, but it, I wasn't really thrilled about it. And I think it's because I knew that Oscar was gonna be losing. And kind of back to what Kyle said, they've never known how to treat her or uh, push her. And I still want to see that dominant Oscar run on the main roster. I want to see her be NXT Oscar. I don't want a copy of it, but I want her to be acknowledged, you know? Um, that would be awesome. Yeah. Love that. Uh, so I don't think I was into this match for that reason. I think it's because I'm still not all about Asuka having these not meaningless title runs, but runs that aren't. Yeah. Her title run just don't feel like, you know, like when uh, Sasha had her title run, that felt like an important right. run. Um, like Asuka had the uh, SmackDown title and then mm-hmm. they kind of just let her drop that to Charlotte just so they can get that giant main event um, two mm-hmm. years ago. So the booking is really bad with her. It seems like they only put the title on her when there's no one else that they can, you know, yep. you know, they want to put it on or there's no one else they feel that can carry the title. So they're like, here you go, Asuka. And she only got this run because Becky got knocked up, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I agree with all that. I also don't think uh, that they really exactly know who Rhea Ripley is as a character yet either. And I think that's another thing. Um, I think that goes back to the heel and face thing. They don't really know whether she's being Mm -hmm. a heel or a face. They don't know if she's a, a cocky face or, you know, uh, I don't know. It's just uh, that title's going back to Charlotte in like a month, probably. <laughs> probably right. Um, after that match, we get the host Hogan and Titus again, thanking everybody for watching. Bailey comes out angry that they didn't thank her as well. Bailey cues up some pyro, and it actually works. We get a good fireworks display. Um, but then the Bella's twins come out, and Bailey says uh, to the Bella uh, to Nikki, "Don't know if you've heard, Cena's not here." Uh, to this, Nikki slaps Bailey, and when Bailey tries to respond, she gets beat up by the twins. Um, this is that little, I guess, break between the last match and the main event of the night. Do you think this is a good way to close out the uh, the Bailey segment? I guess if you're bringing the Bellas back, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. No. Is I thought this was going somewhere big with uh, with with something. Uh, but it doesn't really seem to be anything but just like a opportunity to get the Bellas over again, right? So, yeah. you guys ready to talk about the main event? Yeah. All right. Cool. If you can call it that. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. Huh. Okay. I think we're going to have a difference of opinion here. Okay. So, Daniel Bryan I, versus I, I, Edge. I was going to say, let me, let me, let me clarify. Yeah. Uh, it's not that I don't think that this was a good match. I just wonder if this would have been a main event match in any other West WrestleMania. Mm. Fair okay. enough. Fair enough. Let's break it down. Um, I liked in- Edge's entrance first. I love the lasers during his entrance. I thought they were like pretty hardcore entrance there for him. Um, but everybody, of course, starts uh, off this match trying to gain an early upper hand. Um, the first thing of note uh, is that Reigns throws Daniel outside to Uso, and Uso delivers a kick and tosses Brian into the stairs. Same thing with Edge. He gets tossed outside and has to deal with Uso's interference. 
Edge at one point turns the tide and throws Jay into the stairs. Edge then brawls with Reigns, actually manhandling Roman, tossing him from barricade to ring apron. I thought that was a pretty cool moment as well. Uh, seeing Edge kind of get the upper hand on a bigger Rome, uh, Roman Reigns. Um, after that, Edge turns his attention to Jay again. He uh, DDTs him right into the same steps. Um, this actually takes a lot out of Edge, though. Officials come out. They check on Jay Uso. Daniel Bryan climbs back into the ring. Edge is in next, and they end up squaring off by themselves. Bryan gets the upper hand and hits Edge with kicks into the corner. Edge reverses Bryan's top rope offense into a pin attempt for a two count. A little bit later in the match, Bryan is getting some offense in on Edge, but tries to fly outside the ring to hit Reigns with the clothesline. Reigns catches him midair, however, and plants him firmly on the concrete with a suplex. At this point, Edge immediately baseball slides out, uh, hits Roman uh, before the two return back to the ring, and now it's Edge and Roman. Roman gets the advantage here with a lariat. He tries for the Superman punch, but Edge counters that into a DDT. Just a little later, though, Roman does connect with a Superman punch before an exchange in which both Reigns and Edge collide into each other's spears. Brian takes advantage and hits Reigns with a flying headbutt, but only gets a two count. After that, Brian hits both Edge and Roman with a bunch of kicks before a really cool exchange in which Brian hits the patented knee to almost win the belt. Um, later, we get Brian with a yes lock on Reigns. Um, he has that in on Reigns for some time before Edge breaks this one up. Eventually, Brian gets Edge in the yes lock, but Reigns breaks that one up as well. Reigns hammers down Brian with fist and then power slams Brian onto Edge. Then outside the ring, Reigns stalks Brian with the steel steps. Brian can barely stand up, and Reigns power slams Brian from the steps through the announce table. Um, Edge immediately spears Reigns off of the steps while still outside of the ring, and Reigns. That was a sick spot. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, I, admittedly, that was a sick spot. <laughs> yeah, dude. So yeah, that moment when Brian goes right through the tables, and you're just starting to see Reigns kind of like gloat in the moment that he's destroyed Brian. You just see Edge totally eliminate roman reigns from your screen yep. <laughs> it's awesome uh yeah so Reigns slowly rolls back into the ring uh after being attacked like this and edge is uh, edge is grabbing chairs um roman stands on the chair that edge is trying to bring into the ring but edge still ends up with the upper hand putting reigns into a cross face um he ups the drama by using a broken chair leg in the mount uh, to apply the cross face. Yeah, that looked uh, painful. I thought that was a really cool thing too. Yeah, it looked like <clears throat> yeah, it looked like it really it hurt. In, yeah, the chair breaks the leg off. I don't know. Do you think this is a gimmick chair? Do you think that was improv or totally complete gimmick? Complete gimmick. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the cool thing about this is, is you know, at this point with Roman, he's got this piece of metal in his mouth. He's about to tap out, but Daniel prevents this. Uh, he grabs Rain's arm, keeps him from tapping by grabbing his hand, and he applies his own yes lock at this point. As they both have Reigns in their own submissions, Brian and Edge begin headbutting each other until the lock is broken. Then Brian sits in the corner, eliciting his yes chance before trying to hit the knee, but Edge counters this into a spear. 
Reigns comes at Edge, but Edge hits a spear on Reigns for a two count before Brian pulls Edge from the ring. Um, yet again, more chairs come into play by Edge. Brian and Reigns are both down in the ring while Edge unloads uh, with a chair on both of these guys. So at this point, it's looking pretty bad, right? Uh, Roman has got a prone Daniel Bryan, a prone Edge, just kind of collapsed in the ring, pounding with chairs. Edge positions Brian and Reigns for the concerto. He hits Brian with the chair, but Uso stops Edge before he can hit Reigns with it. Edge spears Uso and grabs another chair to wear out Jay. And this allows Roman to spear Edge, hit him with the concerto, drag him over onto Brian, and pin them both to retain. I was happy with the result here. I thought the right guy ended up going over. What do you guys think? I think the right guy did go over. I mean, yeah, I think so. The right I guy agree. retained. Especially given yeah. the fact that knowing what we know now about Daniel Bryan's not feeling like he wants to wrestle that anymore. Just that that feeling's not there anymore. I kind of wonder if they threw him into this triple threat match to just try to get him to re-sign hmm. his, you know, to a new contract. But the the match overall was um, was um, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, there was hard hitting spots. There was uh, I I think Jay Uso played his role. Everybody played their role perfectly. Um, you know, they had Jay Uso eliminated early to kind of give you the feeling like, oh, it's now it's a true triple threat match. We're not going to get interference, blah, blah, blah. And then he comes in and does what he does and uh, helps uh, Roman win. Um, the question now is, who do you think can take the title from Roman? Well, of he course, is the guy. <laughs> big E is big on the list of that for me eventually. But then you've also got your Brock Lesnar's. Is he going to come back as a face and that juxtaposition? Well, I was – just thinking, I was like, they've set up a Brock. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it is. Um, I'm still kind of like up in the air now. Is this like, uh, is this legit Daniel Bryan's gone? Is this, I've heard reports that Daniel Bryan's already resigned, then it's just kind of publicity trying. Oh, really? You know, not, I mean, you know, just kind of like WWE publicity, right? It's like mm-hmm. kind of that they know the answer already, but they're, you know, it, it could be that he's already resigned. Um, there are a lot of people, I mean, I know personally, like from all the news that I've seen, you know, the, of course, internet wrestling community wants to see him back in a number of different places from, you know, AEW to Ring of Honor or, you know, whatever the case may be. And then there's, you know, people who want him to, uh, you know, be able to wrestle wherever he wants. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, I don't know. It's interesting. I, I, I thought that, well, first of all, who? real quick poll. Who has the better spear? I think we t- talked about this already, but who do we think has the better spear? Biggie. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I already said it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, out of this match, uh, Roman, you know, I think Roman. Yeah, I, I mean, I was gonna say, I think Roman. Yeah, I would have to agree with you guys on that. I think it was Roman. I didn't, I didn't recall anything from Edge that I said to myself, "Oh man, that was a sick, sick ass spear there," you know. But Roman yeah. always hits him pretty legit. But uh, no, wait, 
Wait, what about the one from Edge onto Roman outside that we had just spoken of? I think that, that was, was a sick. That was a sick spear, yeah. but I, I don't, you know, I think the spot was sick. I don't know if the if that was the best one of the match. Yeah, if that oh, makes sense. What about uh, Rhino used to hit a pretty good spear? But are we just talking about out of this match though, right? Oh, yes. No, I was asking. Yeah, I think okay. Roman definitely. Yeah, Roman. The the reason I thought the right thing happened here, guys, is is simply this. Uh, not since like Hogan era have we had like, uh, well, no, that's not true. We've had Rock and Steve Austin, <laughs> but I'm just saying, um, you know, those weren't really that long of title runs. We haven't had like a long title run. Uh, maybe CM Punk. Yeah, I think this title run. This title run, August of last year. Yeah. It's a uh, August of 2020 was when he won it. I think if you want to make Roman Reigns a dominant champion of this generation, you've got to give him like a four or five year title run. I think, you know, I mean, maybe they won't make it that long because nobody's got that kind of an attention span, but I think the days of having one guy carry a title for four, for a full year is, I think that's over. Why? You think that's, that's, you think that's behind us? There's 20 titles. Because people, don't have the attention span to watch one person we don't we we always want change we want new but i feel like in this i it's not that i don't agree with you because i understand that that is kind of the short attention span theater is the thing these days but with so many titles out there i think there could be a story to be told since it hasn't been told in a while of one guy especially like a a heel like roman reigns who just like legitimately holds the title hostage for four years but the difference between him and brock is that he's here full-time i I think there's something to be said for that Um, i think that's asking too much four years i mean maybe a full maybe a year but you're talking about four or five years of one guy with the title well i said he's gonna get repetitive he's here for four years he doesn't have to wrestle all the time he could be like hogan was back in the day remember hogan didn't wrestle all the time maybe like on a saturday night's main event and then on like pay-per-views you know right but people um, have the title the whole time yeah man i'm just saying with 20 titles that are constantly changing hands maybe maybe one story could be this one person holding a title for a while uh, That's maybe all. you can do it could, one, maybe you can do one of the secondary titles but maybe. I could, Sorry, I could see. I, could, I mean, Brock did. Didn't Brock do it for about a year? Yeah, two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and people got over a year. Really, yeah, but he wasn't here. Well, he wasn't fighting. Yeah, that was the issue. Like, if Roman is a fight, we have not seen a fighting champ right. just continue to demolish guys, and that hmm, that would be showing up for promos. You know. Like that, that make like make it where he's not even fi- he's a fighting champ because he shows up every week. He only fights at pay per views, or rarely, uh, but he's there every week. Unlike Brock, who had to have Paul Heyman stand in for him, Roman is actually here every week to cut these promos to attack people. So this and that, and that that goes to exactly what Kyle's saying. You know, I would that would be interesting. I would. Because they don't have the patience to do this, but what right. they could do is they could build a baby face. Oh, yeah. And okay. that's what you need. They could build another Cena. They could build, you just let it build. Show, 
show a guy, you know, building, you know, maybe he's a mid carter, maybe it's Jay Uso, maybe Jay Uso is, I don't know if he's the guy, but you know, like have, have the story be, you know, that, or I don't know. I, I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't think you typically build a baby face off of a heel. I think typically you build a heel off a baby face mm-hmm. in terms of like traditional wrestling story. So maybe flip his head. But like, I don't know. I, 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 I think I do see what Song's saying. People did get tired as hell of Brock. But my biggest complaint when for me was that Brock was not a fighting champion. Right. And that I found super annoying. So, you know, if Roman's there and he's fighting, maybe I will not have the issue. I will, as long as it stays interesting for me, that's all that I care about. And it's only going to stay interesting if the champion's there. And Roman mm-hmm. so far has, with Jay Uso and with Paul Heyman, done some of his, if not his best work, some of his best work of his career so far as this heel character that we've been begging for for so long when they were trying to shove his, him down our throats is like a... But that, you know, you think that's a, like that's one of the main reasons he's over now on his own because like for the longest time, the crowd, the fans been begging for a heel Roman mm-hmm. to keep on shoving face Roman down our throat. Mm-hmm. And now we got what we want. So we're rooting for this guy. But how long is that? does that last? Before we get tired of dominant heel Roman. As long as he continues to be a great heel, we'll continue to love it. And when he's backed by people like Paul Heyman, I've got no doubt we can keep it interesting. Not taking anything away from Roman Reigns, he supposedly really stepped it up and become a locker room leader and has been for a while. So I have you know faith on him based on his own merit too. But you can have faith in him, but you know how fickle internet fans, I mean, internet fans, you know how fickle yeah. wrestling fans are. We turn on, we turn on wrestlers, you know, at the drop of a dime. Right. But we, it, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because the thing is, is that we hated about Roman is that he shoved him down our throats, but now as a heel, <laughs> we, we're supposed to hate him so they can shove him down our throats and we'll hate him more as long as it's interesting as long as he's beating up people that we want to get behind so it, it kind of just it, you're, you're right song it all depends on how WWE does it if they can keep shit compelling they could take it any number of angles you know I agree but, but I, I definitely wouldn't be totally uh, mad at a long Roman Reign run as long as it stays interesting. Um, so Fair anyway, enough. guys, I'll tell you my overall thoughts of Mania here uh, compared to night one, Saturday night. I know we talked about this a little bit off the air. The first two matches sucked that out of me, the Bray Wyatt thing. And the reason was, is because I wanted to see Bray win. And then the second match was the women's thing. I wanted to see Tamina, and I wanted to see uh, Natty win. I thought this was Tamina's moment. So while the match, the matches weren't terrible, uh, the results were it sucked it out of me. From there on out, I thought the match quality across the board, across most matches, was fine. Um, but I feel that the opportunities were with who won and lost. Um, because it matters, song who wins and loses. 
Are we really going to get into this debate again? I'm pretty sure I crushed you. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you, man. Um, but to me, that was it. It was just the match quality was good. But to me, I felt like there were opportunities for like to mean it a win and have that mania moment because I felt like that would have been a good result. Uh, that was my major problem in a nutshell. How about you guys? Uh, I'll ask you first, Kyle. In a nutshell, I think for me, only of two nights, only four matches felt like WrestleMania matches. What were those matches? <sighs> Zayn and Owens. Zayn and Owens. I I will say the last the the main event of night two main felt like. Night two, okay. Hold on, I have to pick up. I have to pull up, uh, pull up night one. Banks and Bel Air. Banks and Bel Air was awesome. Yeah. Maybe five matches. I'll say five. There weren't basically like half, I would say. Like they could have, it didn't need to be two nights. It could have, they could have made it one night and cut down the matches significantly and I would have been happy. Mm -hmm. Um, I wanted to like the Fiend match a lot because. Yeah, I was excited about it, but. I like, I like. Uh, Bray Wyatt. I like you know Husky Harris. I like the Rotundo family, and I like I know that he puts in a lot of hard work. But, but the match damn, it was it sucked. Yeah, it's so, just it's, so it, it, like triple threat. Uh, uh, Zayn and Owens. Uh, uh, you said Bianca Belair. Um. Cesaro and oh yeah uh, yeah fucking yeah baby Cizo and uh, Cicero was that your four or five matches or yeah that would okay. uh, yeah that would be my everything yeah, else is just a toy gotcha um, all right what about you song overall well, thoughts on Mania Sunday similar to you guys um definitely I thought night one was better but yeah. um you know night two had Owens and the Sammy, and then uh, also um, the Sheamus and uh, Matt Riddle match, I surprisingly enjoyed more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. And then um, the Triple Threat match, um, it was a fun match. Um, I know we've seen Triple Threats in Mania before, and like my measuring stick for that's always going to be the Chris Benoit, um, Triple H, and uh, Shawn Michael Triple Threat. But um, I think this is, you know, probably a close second cool. Triple Threat-wise. Nice. Wow, that's I mean that's a that's high praise. That's good. Yeah, I, it was really it was fun. I, I mean, I I thought they told the story they're supposed to tell. Um, everybody played their role perfectly, including Jay Uso. Gotcha. I don't I don't know what more they could have done to make that match any better. Right, the right guy, yeah. the right guy won. Yeah. Um, just my opinion. And then um, I'm with you guys with the uh, Fiend and Orton match. I mean. I don't know where they're going with that. It's just an example of the WWF not knowing what they want to do with the talent they do have. Mm-hmm. They almost have too much talent. That's what it feels like. They've got more talent than they know what to do with. Yep. They don't want to release the talent because they don't want to go elsewhere. So, you know, just they're talent around. gluttons. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I could not agree more. Song that so, is nail in the head. Uh, looks like Kyle. Thought this could have been a a, a one night show. It's been a really great show, uh, but was only like fifty percent happy with WrestleMania. I think me and Saul well, are kind of a little more happy overall with it as a total product. I think 
all of us agree that Saturday night was was better and that those first two matches of, of Sunday night just really kind of uh, put the brakes on before they needed to be there. Uh, so listen, Pinheads, we want to hear from you. Tell me, you guys, uh, what was your top couple of Tell matches? Tell me why I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, if you thought it was one of the the best manias, uh, we want to hear from you. I know that in general, the sentiment that I've heard uh, is that this is a pretty good mania. Um, and I agree with that sentiment. Um, with, you know, like I said, a couple of exceptions, I feel like the wrong people went over on both nights in certain scenarios. Um, but I thought that the, there were some great surprise, surprises. I think it was great that Lashley went over. Um, I think that was the right moment. But uh, just overnight, we had a great time watching Mania and talking about it with you guys. Uh, we want to hear from you soon. Uh, aside from that, anybody else have anything to add? I think we covered everything, right? Yeah. Happy Mother's Day, Buff yes. Bagwell's mom. Yes. We'll close it off tonight by saying one more time, happy Mother's Day to you guys, and we'll see you next time on Pin the Champ. Good night, everybody. Peace. Bye. As always, thank you so much for listening. Now we want to hear from you. You can hit us up at pinthechamppodcast at gmail.com. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at pinthechamp123. And our Google Voice number is 804 four four six one one three nine we can't wait to hear from you